What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Culture FC, the weekly soccer show where we discuss all culturally relevant soccer topics, lifestyle, fashion, music, politics, anything exciting happening off the pitch, none of the stuff really happening on it. I'm Alan, and I'm here joined by Louie and Brendan, co-hosts for the day, and always. But this week, we discussed a little recap of the World Cup. It was an action-packed World Cup. So many exciting things happening off the pitch, um, both culturally, politically, everything. It was a, re- it was a really great World Cup. And so we wanted to just go over some things like VAR, how we felt it did, refereeing, um, if the world, the Russian World Cup was run to the standards that we thought that it was going to be run at, and a, ho- a whole host of different things. So as always, please leave us that five-star review, share the podcast, it really helps us rank on everything, iTunes, um, now Spotify, go check us out on Spotify because we are now there, um, Google Play, that's another podcasting place where you can find us. Um, YouTube, if you watch the video version, give us a thumbs up, subscribe so you can see our pretty faces all the time. And that's about it. You can follow us on our Instagram account at culturef.c. A lot of background, behind the scenes stuff that we don't really um, talk about show in the in the actual show. So check us out there. As always, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, leave us a message, email, um, comment on Instagram, DM us, video, find us. You will you can find us anywhere. So yeah, that's it of me asking you for stuff. And let's get right into the episode. Alrighty, guys, let's dive into this week's newsworthy topics. First one, uh, a, still a little World Cup related, um, or actually definitely World Cup related. Uh, news came out yesterday that N'Golo Conte's brother actually passed away uh, about a few weeks right before the start of the World Cup. Uh, this is kind of crazy. For uh, If you've ever seen any pictures or videos of N'Golo Conte on the internet, he looks like the happiest man on the planet. Yeah. Super nice, super, just like overall seems like the world's nicest dude and not only did he have himself an um, absolutely phenomenal world cup uh he won it with france and to have to do it through all that kind of heartache and having to you know deal with the passing of a, of a loved one while still having to be able to produce at the world's biggest stage is just crazy um so props to him uh condolences to him i feel i feel for him and his family um it must be a very weird time in his household yeah yeah, to um, both celebrate and grieve at the same time. Yeah. I, I don't I can't even imagine what that would be like to have to do. Like, okay, let's be happy for N'Golo and also yeah. very, you know, sad and, and, and grieve for his brother. It also is I've been seeing a lot of kind of the France celebrations and they, they really made a, an effort in like doing the chants for him and singing for him. So I wonder if that kind of plays a role in it and just just trying the France teammates that he has trying to lift his spirits probably knowing that he's has gone through this um which kind of connecting the dots makes it makes it make a lot more sense even though i'm sure they would have been cheering for him regardless um i'm sure everyone is very happy for him and and although such a sad time i'm glad that he's gotten some type of joy out of this this whole kind of uh, crazy month it's been for him yeah i would never know how that would feel to have yeah. to play at such a high What's well, that same situation like with that? um uh, John Obi Mikel, right? Exactly. Was, that was that one topic. Yeah, the one topic I had. <laughs> um, but he he gotta like do we think it almost motivated him more? Yeah. I I'd like to think so, right? Yeah. Like I, I hate like to I hate to make it be like, do you think that his brother passing made him more motivated? I mean it's a sombering thing, but I sh- I'm sure it had to have played a yeah. role. I mean especially for um, for soccer players who tend to have a lot of superstition and just have a lot of emotional things connect to them. Some people might let it bring them down. Others might use, f- use fuel to the fire, right? So I would hope so. I think that he, if it didn't, he still played. For, I mean, he played. He was in discussion for player of the World Cup in my mind just as a, a kind of underrated player and doing his job correctly and um, being sort of the backbone of that of that midfield. So, yeah, it's it's sad, but it's it's cool to see him through through that horrible situation still being the perky freaking smiley ass dude i mean so many pictures of him in training were just him still smiling no no sadness nothing so that's good i I like seeing that but moving on i actually have a kind of crazy story that 
I couldn't believe, but it, but it's real. So just <laughs> sit back for I'm gonna I'm gonna need a few minutes for this. But so apparently, I'm actually gonna ask you this question first. Have you ever heard of Tinotenda Chiparo? Excuse me. Have you heard of? Is a player. Is a guy oh, okay. player. Tino Tendo Chipawe. No. No. Nope. Okay. Well, I wouldn't expect you to. But apparently, he is a Zimbabwean player who has scammed his way into playing professional soccer for a Serbian football team. No <laughs> way. <laughs> so this guy, this the the article is long, so I, I I'm gonna try to just break it up as simply as possible but so apparently this guy has been pulling a scam now for what since like 2012 he came came out uh, or he's playing for a serbian team allegedly he played for man city's academy under 21s was the captain was their best player but you look back in in manchester city's academy history no evidence of him ever playing (laughs) for them right so then he allegedly also played for um an italian team a, um, a small Italian team, or you know, we, we wouldn't really know them. Again, no reference of him being on the team. But then there are articles of his agent saying, like, yeah, like he's been the best player for Manchester City's Academy. And this was articles in 2012. So he's been pulling this long con wow. and has eventually now ended up playing professional football. And there are pictures of him. Uh, I'm going to show you guys, but I'll, and we'll link them in the thing. There's pictures of this guy, alleged. <laughs> player and like him playing for Man City's Academy but if you look in the picture in the background <laughs> there's a guy with like a, a man purse so it's just like a pickup soccer game where they were wearing Man City jerseys right <laughs> so <laughs> the, so this guy pulled one of the world's greatest cons in the world of sport and like okay it's it's pretty like not common but this has happened before like way back in the 90s when you couldn't no, the, like yeah. a pl- you couldn't just YouTube a player and see his stats. Yeah, you'd only have the newspapers and yeah, stuff to rely on. So but then you'd reach out to the club and be like, yo. Well, I saw this other story related but unrelated. This guy in Brazil actually in the in the 80s, I think, got a 10-year contract with the soccer team and did not play one game because he would fake an injury or fake something. He had never played a professional game of soccer <laughs> in his life b- before signing his contract. Can you believe that? I, That's I, hilarious. I'm so, but so okay. So this guy is now heart. playing in Serbia and has <laughs> no. Is no, he any good at all? No, I don't know. Like it, it's Serbia, so like we don't really. Do, have do it. he? Did but he say how much he got or anything? No, I don't know. But yeah, so he, this. So yeah, this I don't. Know. I, have, I don't have any other words to say. But it's just crazy. I'm at a loss for words of how to react to this. Like on the one hand like kudos to him for creating this very long drawn out con that ended up getting him to be a professional <laughs> soccer player like the three of us can all sit here and agree being a professional <laughs> soccer player is a dream of all of all of yeah. ours and most children in the world so it's just like you know awesome but at the same time like that's just amazing like how <laughs> when do you think the turning point for him was when he was like all right i'm not good enough to do this but like maybe i can just scam my way to the top i don't know i mean 2012 man that's He's been doing this for six a while. years that you've been <laughs> planning out this con and you finally actually and, win with it. And, you know, it was great because there were like Twitter accounts that were like Zimbabwean Twitter accounts. And um, I'm going to read this proudly Zimbabwean news. Tino Thena Chevaro has been named captain of Manchester City's under 12, 21 side. Keep that flag flying high. A tweet from 2012. Like, <laughs> thanks. Twi- so everyone this dude, was like, in this on thing it. has been going on for so long. <laughs> So my thing is either he built up these news sources or he paid someone or he had a friend. Because, like, in my head, what would be really cool would be if, like, this man created several different Twitter accounts all with, like, you know, Zimbabwe news yeah. and this other thing. <laughs> and then he just tweets back and forth at himself having a conversation he, between five he people. He also has a Wikipedia page. Like, he has things all about him. So Dude, <laughs> that is the ultimate scheme. I was uh, – and also Googling his name, you can also apparently – find him on transfer market which is like a <laughs> like a website you go on to like see player stats <laughs> he's on oh it my no God. picture but he's on it okay wow. so but going forward though i really hope it works out like <laughs> i hope Imagine he's just a phenom he's like well I, I i would no one ever noticed me but i had to skim my way but i'm gonna show him i'm like don't you think also couldn't you just spend that time scheming like just really practicing and like re- i mean i i guess like I know it's <laughs> hard. That's a very but good point. You have six years. In six years, you c- if you work every single day, you could probably get yeah. very good at something. Yeah. Maybe enough to play like you know third division somewhere. Yeah, but like, somewhere. That's very interesting that he took this route. Yeah. We just gotta see like 
if you're going to cheat and scheme your way to the top, like, you know, how much effort is it going to take to do that? Or, hey, if you're going to do it, at least do it right, like this guy. <laughs> right. <As> I, <laughs> I, I'm looking, uh, not to drag this out anymore, but he apparently played for um, Killy FC, and there's a forum for Killy FC fans, and these guys are just discussing about how they've never <laughs> seen him play. <laughs> and there's the same pictures of him that we just saw, but, like, it's <laughs> just so absurd. That is so funny. Oh, what a life this guy's lived. Oh, but, my God. Yeah, I do hope he does well. Go for it, man. Definitely going to keep tabs on him <laughs> yeah. because I need to know in about a year or two like, if he if he makes <laughs> he it. panned out, yeah. Um, but all right, moving on to our third and final topic. This one's pretty funny, too. Um, Arsenal got cheated by a Chinese con man. <laughs> and I need to explain this story a little bit better. So in April 2018, Arsenal announced a global agreement with the world's best-selling electric vehicle manufacturer, BYD Auto, to become the club's official car and bus partner. Now it's emerged that Arsenal's deal with them was not signed with the actual company. <laughs> so basically, someone acting as if he worked and was high up at BYD uh, signed a three. It was like, a, I don't know how long the agreement was, but basically the, this person had been doing this for about three years of like scamming different people. And the best part was is that Arsenal did promo pictures with BYD. There's like promos with the cars, the players in front of them. They no they way. had a jersey that said BYD on it with a number. You know, like those promotional things that yeah. clubs do. And turns out they when I guess when they released all of these images, BYD probably contacted them and was like, "Hey, um, what are you talking about? We've never come to an agreement with your club and like all this." And then all Arsenal is just like, "Wait a second." We had all these agreements in place and turns out someone at the Chinese police uh, organization had been like uh, stamping these deals to make them like notarized so that they're like legitimate uh, documents. But turns out they were fake. So this person must have like either paid someone at the, the this organization or they worked at this organization and like faked these things because it's just crazy. <laughs> wow, dude. It's addicts. That's astonishing it's also astonishing that teams can get scammed like this reminds me of the story i think from i want to say last year um stefan devry when he got signed by lazio or something they ended up paying some scammers like the last installment of his transfer fee <laughs> just because these guys emailed them or like yeah we changed our, our agent changed our bank account and then they paid the last installment of his transfer fee to scammers how does this happen where you have, like, no too formal high communication? Way too trustworthy. <laughs> that is – and you think, like, they, these are big clubs. They should be doing their research yeah. on all of this. Like, they shouldn't be duped this easily. But, my God, this is hilarious. <laughs> like, it says hey, that – we're playing with a lot of money here. Should we check it? <laughs> nah, he's good. Nah, whatever. Just throw it. The, the car maker, BYD, reported that the police uh, – reported to the police a forged company seal – um, that someone literally made a seal of the company, pretended to be them or whatever. Like, how, like it's just <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Like the fact that this could happen. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, it's a little concerning, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely funny. concerning. It's definitely funny that it's happening to Arsenal as well. Like, I was gonna say all like, the clubs that it could have happened to. It pretty much had to be Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. Another yeah. chalk up another L to the good old Arsenal. Yeah. Wow. Hey, yep. That's good. I I you, I hope that clubs learn their lesson, but, but who knows. It'll just keep getting better. It reminds me of like the Nigerian princes who used to send emails, <laughs> like just like people trying to scam you via the internet. Like you should look at these things. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, come on, man. Don't just trust an email. Like yeah. to have a Skype session with the person <laughs> and like or sign legal documents with the representatives so wait, of, of the people. So now that I'm thinking about it, if it was just like one guy conning them, like don't you think that like do you think that he like paid people to be his entourage to like he show up at have. Arsenal to sign this? Must have. Be like, hey, come do this thing with me, we'll we'll split a little bit of the sum. Yeah. Yeah. Because like Arsenal like they you know, you, you would think like, okay, we're not going to sign this until we meet people in person and we have these like formal business meetings. And so this dude must have been so thorough too to like hire a, a team to show up at like Arsenal's uh, offices or whatever and go, here you go, yeah. we're signing this. Yeah. Well, I was just, um, I was watching a show about like con men and stuff. And apparently I, I thought You're it trying was Trying to all con your like, way into something, bro? No, but it's just like learning how the art of the con. And I was just like, oh, this is, a, this can't be real. But apparently that's very much real. Uh, it's the real thing. I love people. Yeah, that's good. Power to you, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But all right, guys, moving along. Um, 
The most action-packed World Cup in recent memory Big has tags. come to a close. 64 games, only one scoreless draw in the whole tournament. Yep. And it is finally over. France crowned world champion for the second time in their history. And it was a phenomenal. Um, I loved almost every moment of this World Cup, yep. minus one game. Uh, Belgium and Brazil will still, still yeah. upset me. Um, but other than that, I think the tournament was phenomenal. Yeah, man. It was like uh, just, I mean, midway through the tournament, kind of talking to people, talking to friends, people that didn't really know it, um, but had been following it. I mean, I think hands down probably been the best World Cup to watch if you're not supporting a specific club. Even I, who support Brazil, still say that this has been the best World Cup that I have ever seen, um, just in terms of energy, excitement, uh, goals, obviously, not having these these drawless, these scoreless games. It's been phenomenal. Yeah, and, like, uh, I think it's very interesting that you said, like, even from a neutral standpoint, you could have enjoyed it. And it's, like, for, for people in America who maybe, you know, because the U.S. wasn't in it, you were kind of like, oh, I don't have a team to pull for. I honestly don't even think you needed a team to pull for. Yeah. Just watch every yeah. game. There were so many kind of underdog stories. It, w it seemed like there wasn't just one story of one team that had something special. It seemed like there were a, a collective few teams that even if they didn't, no one thought they had a good run, they still pulled out a game or two where they like did something a little special and it kind of really excited, excited people um, around the world. Yeah, I mean, like, just like, it's like every every national team had a storyline to follow, whether it was a specific player in the in the example of, like, Mohamed Salah in Egypt, or if it was, like, the fact that Panama scored their first goal in a World Cup ever, or yeah. Iceland, and basically every team that made it to the tournament had a storyline, and there was a reason that they were there, and there was a reason for you to watch, and so... Yeah. Basically, we just wanted to take today's episode and kind of recap a little bit of the World Cup because we wanted to kind of go back to some of the topics we talked about in our World Cup preview episode and kind of see how things have shaken up and just kind of just like just one more time appreciate the World Cup for what it was. Yeah. So I think first off, we should start off with an, is a little bit of an apology. Um, just a to, little bit. To Russia and to the Russian people. We thought coming into the World Cup that there was going to be a shit ton of controversy, issues, violence, etc. But from what we have seen, that has absolutely not been the case. From from players' accounts, um, fans' accounts, e everyone who has gone to Russia and experienced Russia has said that it has been amazing, um, accommodating, friendly. Everything from videos there looks crazy, like in a, in a good way, in a positive way, celebrations. So I think f we have a big, big sorry to, to say to the Russians, but... Yeah, pretty much. Um, it, there were, aside from those first few incidents that we reported, um, there was nothing major that yeah. happened. Uh, no, th there was no really organized violence. Nope. There was honestly nothing. Russia did such a good job of yeah. keeping the lid on pretty much everything and yeah. just making sure that all of the people coming in and out of their country for the tournament were safe, secure. Had uh, it, was, it was just a fun. This was weirdly enough almost an exemplary World Cup. Yeah. Because even yeah, in the case everything of everything ran smoothly, man, and even in the case of Brazil, where there were national protests m weeks before the the tournament kicked off in Russia, there was nothing. Yeah, yeah they, that's true. They literally f they made sure everything worked without a, a hitch. All of the stadiums looked phenomenal. Yeah. Everything looked great, and there yeah. was no issues. And I will say, I've seen videos of people protesting, like making some political statements, and I thought, damn, these cops are about to beat the shit out of this guy or doing something crazy. But uh, pretty peaceful, like. They were just hmm. uh, passively kind of telling him, hey, man, you can't do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, but no violence, nothing crazy. I mean, I don't know what happened behind closed doors. I, I can't say anything. But from what we, from outside looking in, it, it looked like it was a hell of a time. Yeah, we apologize. <laughs> it's such a sad... You know, normally we like to give people the benefit of the doubt, <laughs> but we were straight up just like, oh, Russia, it's going to be bad. Yeah. It turned out to be... No, I mean, they, 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 I think that we had a... We had the right to believe that it yeah. wasn't going to be great. And we and we weren't the only ones. If right. you, you yeah, know, true. you could peruse the internet and see everybody yeah. talking about right. this. It wasn't just our uh, opinions and it, it was a little bit of everybody kind of looking at it and going, "Wow, this is kind might end up being a shit show." So, yeah. you know, f kudos to you Russia yeah. and to FIFA for actually putting on a another phenomenal tournament. And, and and I guess looking at it, you can kind of see like the Russian government 
may have wanted it to be like, hey, we're not bad, right? Show the world that they are. I mean, it, again, it's the world stage, not only for the sport, but we have just all the political and cultural implications that a World Cup has that we've discussed millions and millions of times. I'm uh, now looking back now, right? Hindsight is 2020. Um, it does make sense that they would want this World Cup to run smoothly and be kind of the most well-run World Cups um, to date. Yeah. Especially because it must, it, it, this this will hopefully take off some of the pressure that they've been under for the past, I don't know, <laughs> however many years. Yeah. Like they, uh, this is this definitely makes sense as to why they would want this to be a giant PR uh, statement for them. Because yeah. it's like if this tournament goes off without a hitch and everybody has an amazing time and everybody loves it, then the world's gonna kind of get off their backs for a second, which does kind of scare me. Yeah. But you know, and I mean this 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 does tie into the episode we we had in discussing sort of the issues with russia and if we should be supporting it right them running it so well and being so so kind of uh, exemplary in the way that the world cup was run it did overshadow the fact that there are still bad things happening there right we can't overlook that and there are certain issues that will will not be dealt with now because of how well it was run um so that's i mean we can say that it was run well but there are still issues in russia that as every country has but um yeah, I mean, I think from a footballing standpoint, I can't can't complain about what what what's happened what's happened in Russia. Definitely, and even on a functional standpoint, remember when they had the Olympics in Sochi, yeah. and there were so many complaints about all the the athletes showing pictures of the rooms and stuff, and like the food they'd get, and like yeah. you didn't see a lick no. of that from any soccer Everything player. Super nice. If anything, you saw the cool things like Japan writing thank you in yeah. Russian and clean leaving their and clean yeah. locker room. So no, for sure, I think they were trying to make up for a lot of issues that they've they've. Um, encountered so it, it, it was cool yeah i think the sochi point is a major point because i remember in 2016 we were like damn really you're gonna host something like this yeah. and not take the time but now it's like wow we don't even think twice about it like yeah. we don't we you don't even tend to think about sochi like, yeah yeah they did a good job of erasing that from public memory which is good because it was pretty bad people yeah. were all up in arms against russia during it because they want the same calls that we'd made for it to be stripped from russia people were wanting to strip the olympics from russia too and then when it, people got there and they were you know reporters reporting on where they were staying it was absurd so you know thankfully nothing happened from a footballing standpoint the russia world cup was amazing and yeah yeah I'm pleasantly surprised I absolutely and kind of keeping in line with saying sorry I think we have to apologize to VAR as well. This not real person or thing, but <laughs> I think we have to say sorry to VAR and um, because we were we were hypercritical of VAR in previous episodes as well. How it would work, we hadn't seen it working well in other examples, right? So I think I, I think this World Cup, bar some instances, but I, I don't necessarily think it was VAR's fault, and we can discuss that a little bit more. But I think VAR was. It was pretty good. Yeah. For, from my biggest points on VAR were always like the fact that it was going to disrupt the game and because, you know, it would, take some, it would take a lot more time and it would just kind of ruin the flow of the game. That was my main complaint. But luckily during this World Cup, they did show that you can have VAR and it can be a quick, seamless uh, instance where it's used and applied. Uh, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm 100% ready to, to overturn my thoughts on VAR because as we saw in the World Cup final, that handball for Perisic, it's, it's very, very on the line for me where I, I, I don't think it was a clear penalty, but I also can see why it was given as a penalty. Um, and that has always kind of been the thing too with VAR where it's like, you know, because we as, as humans created this game, there's always going to be that human error because there's a ref. And VAR can only be used at the ref at the main center ref's discretion. And so, you know, there there still are those instances and rules in soccer where it's up to interpretation. Yeah. You know, like what is an intentional handball in the box? Some people argue that Perisic's hand was just following the natural movement of his body because he jumped up and as his body was coming down back to earth, his arms followed because yeah. that's kind of just how your body works. And so his hand wasn't far away from his, his body. He didn't do it to touch the ball. Um, and there definitely was his, his defender was on his back. So he knew that if he didn't hit it, someone else was going to clear it. But at the same time, his hand was relatively away from his body and it was in a sort of a natural position in a way. So in all I'm trying to say is that I think that, Overall, I liked the use of VAR in the World Cup, but I still think that refs need to be 
the we shouldn't be pu- putting all of our focus on bettering VAR. We should be putting all of our focus on bettering the refereeing. I have some issues with the refereeing of this World Cup um, because I think that there were some instances that just – there were some games that I watched that the refereeing was v- piss poor. Um, and VAR isn't going to fix shitty refereeing. It's going to make good referees better. Um, VAR is a tool, right? VAR is uh, a at tool. the end of the day. Regardless of whether we like it or not, it's up it's up to the referee to use a tool when necessary. I think a lot of the instances, and even the one you spoke about in the final, it's not VAR's fault. It's, it's the referee having to know, when do I use this tool? When is it appropriate for me to look back at this? Um, and, and knowing the instances when, when it's appropriate, right? You're 100% sure, I, and I agree totally with you that it is still refereeing that that runs the game in that sense and, and kind of the referees can't fall back on that. It's not a, it's not a tool to fall back on. They still have to be on point and make the correct decisions um, because even on that call, you saw the ref left left the, the, the booth, the VAR booth, took three steps away from the thing, went back. So he wasn't totally sure on the decision initially, right? So he, it, it, that doesn't set a good picture for me if even when you're going back to that tool that's supposed to help you, you're not sure. It shows me a ref that's undecisive. I think that 100% we still needs to be a focus on training the referees to make correct calls when they need to be made. Another positive takeaway from VAR is now players don't run up to the ref and be like, yo, dude, what the fuck? Like, come on. Yeah. Now they're just running up to the ref and being like, yo, yeah, come, come on. Check. Yeah, that was, that was a cool thing to up. see. Like, like, hey, man, go go actually check yeah. this and, and see what happened, um, which is cool because it's a video evidence. Like, dude, you can't ignore this now. Right, which I, which I love because before you'd have refs, you'd have players complaining, 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 and there was nothing that the ref could do because yeah. he's playing on just his memory, right? And as humans, we all perceive things differently. Sometimes we remember things in a, in a different way than other people. And so before the ref had to just kind of like really think hard and now he has something to look at. The way I equate it to is that the same way that yellow cards and red cards are a tool to control the game and to help it flow better, that's what VAR is. So right. I think that overall, the World Cup proved to me that VAR can be very, very effective and it should be implemented as long as we're training our refs very, really, really well yeah. To use it appropriately, yeah, and it did it did add some excitement to the to the sport as well, right? I think it was what group stages had like twenty PK goals or something, right? And and sometimes that that could have played a major role in there being no nil nil games, yeah, right? Definitely, that's a super exciting feature. That sure could some of them be called off, whatever it may be, but it adds that that kind of extra layer of. Um, goals to the game that i think a lot of uh, especially american culture likes to see goals high scoring games it definitely adds to that um to that factor of the game yeah so yeah overall though i i was while i'm 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 warming up to var it's just such a it's a big change for the sport i'm i'm warming up i am i'm not gonna go i still think it's not totally clear when var should or should not be used because the rule is like if it's a clear and obvious error yep or uh, yeah, I think it's clear and obvious error. That's when you use VAR. Yeah. Right. So for a lot of the instances, it's like, was this clear and obvious? Was it? Was it? It has to be a total consensus, and it's up. To, that's again, it's it's so hard because all of it is up to interpretation of the referee. Right. So it, if we're considering it from that perspective, like no real tool will ever work unless we have some freaking robot that's like watching the game perfectly and knows the all the rules and whatever. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, overall, I guess I am kind I'm of. I'm like just not as angry with it that I, as I was before. Yeah, I'm like a little more pro VAR than I was before, yeah. but I'm not necessarily 100 percent on that like bandwagon of let's put VAR yeah. everywhere. Yeah, I agree. I think it totally depends on the referee and, and if that place is appropriate. Yeah, I'm all for it, pros. You you're still, you're oh, all yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. Are. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think I think it does eliminate a lot of obviously i mean the stuff with the the diving and the it does eliminate immediately a lot of issues of just like totally obvious things that were not yeah you know what i mean like if a guy says like oh he like uh, say a guy says oh i got elbowed in the face and then we look back in the in the replay and he got nudged in the rib and he's on the floor grabbing his face it eliminates those things because like you can't get away with that anymore. Right. No. Right. So, and if you um, are, you're going to be ridiculed <laughs> right. on the world stage. Right. Cause then, you know, every replay is just like every, it's like, Oh, what happened? Did he get hit in the face there? And then you just hear the announcer. It's like, Oh no, it looks like he got hit in the leg. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, again, like it, it adds another layer of kind of security for the referee, but yeah. Yeah. I um, think. 
Semivar. Semivar. I have a semivar right now. <laughs> You're semivar. <laughs> uh, but moving on to the winners of the World Cup and France winning the World Cup. So first off, congratulations to France. They had a pretty good World Cup. A lot of people saying they didn't light it up, uh, but I don't think that matters. You win. It doesn't matter. I remember the 1994 Brazil team. Not that great. Yeah. If you were to ask me, they they you know they won at on penalties at the end of the, at the end of the uh, at the end of the final. Who cares? Yeah, you win the World Cup. It doesn't matter how you win yeah. it. You won it. Yeah, I think in the really like in the games they had where they kind of needed to make a statement. They made a statement, but they didn't like in the in the smaller when they playing smaller teams. They didn't necessarily like were like oh my gosh with the lineup they had. They should have been playing some I think more kind of fluid football. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think they showed up and they scored a lot of goals in some games. Some games they didn't. They were just like, they were average. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, you win a World Cup, who, who really gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, and of course it's, it has to be in 2018 that like even people are bringing up the fact. It's like, yo, look back on past World Cups too. And like, I'm sure there are people that are a majority of one color. Like we're on a team, you know? Yeah, and that, that brings up the issue that, that we're going to talk about now is um, a lot of people now looking back at this French team and saying... Um, these guys aren't French or some people are. So it's funny because a lot of, if, if you don't know, um, a lot of the French national team is comprised of people of African descent. I think like, I think it's something along the lines of like 20 out of the there's 23 a, there's a graphic out there <laughs> that they have, they have some form of African lineage within their, their heritage. Right. Um, I got into a Facebook argument. <laughs> with a troll and oh so I, I we're part oh of all these groups on facebook that like talk about soccer or whatever and some guy had the audacity to put up a uh it was a, it was kind of like a sort of like a meme but not really it was a picture of all of the the french players from the world cup final in their lineup and it had like the flag of each of the countries that they're from quote yeah. unquote above them and all of a sudden the guy like wrote some caption about like oh yeah like france didn't world the world cup they're all like africans blah blah, blah. and i'm like so my comment was, please stop perpetuating this bullshit. Who the fuck are you to say who yeah. isn't isn't French? He yeah. comes back at me with, no, these are just the countries that they were born in. And I look back at him and I, I went through and listed. I looked at every single player and listed every single place of birth for each player. I was like, Pogba, born in France. And Golo Kante, yeah, I think born in Paris. Out of the 23, two of them were not born in France. Yeah. Like, they all have African heritage, but they're all French-born players. And that brings up the question, like, who are you to say what is and isn't French? Even if none of them were born in France, but they yeah. were raised in France and feel French. Who the hell are you to yeah. say that France, they're not French? Yeah. No, it definitely brings up an interesting argument, right? Like, um, especially in a time now where we've had the, the Trumps coming out recently and saying that immigration is bad for a country and then France goes on and wins the world's biggest stage um, with immigrant, they were, they came from immigrant families, right? But they are, they are, they are born in the country. Um, it really is kind of setting up perfectly with just all the tensions that are occurring um, throughout the world. But this would be the same thing if like America, the United States wins the world cup and they're like, Oh, none of these players are American. Right. They're from England, Mexico. Like, right. no, shut up. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. And I think, um, Trevor Noah, he actually had a, a good segment on this, um, it, where he d it describes it as a lot of people are saying, like a lot of African people are saying like, yes, Africa has just done something great and that's okay. Right. Because people are comprised of different nationalities. And he made a joke about that. And I think the French ambassador wrote him a note back saying, like, this is very disrespectful. Like, these are all French born players. Um, we accept them as being French f because they are born here. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and Trevor made a good point of saying, like, yes, uh, you can be French, but you can also be African. You can be there. They are French. They are a French but they can also be African and you can celebrate both aspects of these people's heritages. It's not just like, I mean, who in the world is just from one place? Right? No one. I mean, we all came skin from color so or not. Like Brendan, you're our uh, token white guy on the, on yeah. the show. I say. <laughs> but even you, you're not just comprised of that. You are an American, right? No. You have heritages from all Different over countries. the world. Yeah. So it's not it, to say that these guys are uh, French or not French or African or not African is just disrespectful to who they are as people. Right. Like no one just sprouts out of the ground in a country <laughs> and is like, this is the only place <laughs> my <laughs> people. <laughs> I am American. <laughs> like everybody on this planet came from somewhere else. Right. At some point. Right. I have Lebanese. I have Unless, a Lebanese yeah, heritage. Like a, a descendant of an Aborigine. <laughs> <laughs> but if, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I consider myself Brazilian American. I consider myself 
100% Brazilian. Right. I consider myself 100% American. Right. There's, we're not like some equation that you try to right. like puzzle together. Like, oh, are you more African than you are French? Right. No. So basically, I think the biggest takeaway is don't take away the fact that they aren't like you can't look at this and go, oh, these players aren't French. This is Africa's World Cup, and yeah. you also can't look at them and go, they are only French, and we only <laughs> accept them because they won the World Cup, yeah. which is what it seemed like the ambassador. That was a good attempt at a French accent. I <laughs> they are only French because they won the World Cup. That's um, Austrian, dude. I that's think like that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, well, I tried. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. No, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> but either way, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not fair to say that, oh, just because these guys have African heritage that they're not French. And you know who I put the blame on? I put the blame on France. Who told them to invade a majority of Africa about yeah. 150 yeah. years ago? Like, yeah, right. Like these guys are. The Trevor Noah made a good joke about that. Like these guys are all French. Hmm. I wonder why. Like, yeah, France just fucking took Th- over. This their isn't land. like some guy from New Zealand going. You know what? I'm gonna go move to France. Yeah, for no right, reason. Right. This is legitimately like France's fault. They decided right. they wanted to conquer the continent of Africa, basically. Yeah. And now you get people right. who immigrate to your country because they have. They can now speak French because of what you did right and i think that this is also a really cool time for france because france has been has been dealing with a long time now with like the anti-muslim anti not being french basically nazism right and to see now their nation being represented at the world cup by players that are that are muslim right like like half of their lineup muslim um not the typical french person right that you would think as a as a nazi french french guy um to see them kind of bring so much joy to the country it was awesome it's just like shut the fuck up they are french this is france we are a diverse culture but do you know what's even funnier about that though if you look at the 98 french squad that won the world cup they weren't french either no like people would before zidane won the world cup he was algerian He's yeah. uh, for a lot of people, Zidane's still Algerian, yeah. but for the French people, he won the World Cup. He's God. <laughs> he's God. Yeah. You had players like Robert Pires. You had uh, uh, Patrick Vieira, born in Senegal, yeah. one yeah. of France's all-time like yeah. best players. You have players that were like like clearly not quote unquote French, French. but you celebrate them as French because right. they won a World because Cup. Because they did something good and positive for for you. Which is crazy because in between the twenty years of France's World Cup wins. How did it get to this point again where the, the world news outlets in France and all the places are saying, oh, they, they, they're they not French, yeah. they're African. Yeah. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Nationalism, yeah. bro, it's on the rise. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, it's, it's good. It's good to see this as, a, as an example of um, kind of a, sh- a, a shut up to people that are um, overtly nationalistic. Yeah, fuck those and, guys. And like being nationalistic in a bad way. In a bad like, way, right. It's it, one thing to be nationalistic. You can like have a lot of pride yeah. for both of your countries. Yeah. I will wear an American flag on July 4th. I'm very happy to do so. But if it's <laughs> Brazil's in the World Cup or if it's like Brazil's Independence Day, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can celebrate both. Right. Yeah. We are not like people who think that it's mutually exclusive that if you're from one country, you can't be from another. Yeah. That's horseshit. Yeah. I think that's enough of a rant on that one. <laughs> um, but I want to ask a question, guys. Uh, after watching a lot of the World Cup, one of the biggest things that we kind of previewed was whether or not Fox was going to kind of ruin the World Cup. So my question to you is, do you think that Fox Sports, with their coverage of the World Cup, did they kind of ruin it for us in America? So I'm going to be totally honest, and I said this a few podcasts ago, I have not watched much Fox broadcasting. Um, And that is because I watched one Fox broadcast, I think, the opening game or the game at after the opening game and it was so bad that I just switched to Telemundo and I didn't go back I, every single game that I watched was on Telemundo even on my phone I didn't even have the spot I just yeah, opened I up the NBC app because they were showing the Telemundo version so for me yeah it sucked because I only watched one of them and that was enough for me to be like I don't want to listen anymore so just Telemundo got a lot of excitement out of that so yeah is my answer Um, I guess it was definitely a bummer to hear like the stupid statistics, even up until the final game. Like, just like, I, I can't stand that shit. It's yeah. just like you're creating statistics that one have no value yeah. to anything happening in the game. Like other than superstition, pretty much. I feel like, yeah. um, but on the other hand, I guess, I guess I don't care enough 
to hear what the people say to enjoy the game, I guess, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. At you least just it, watch it. in this World yeah. Cup, that's the case. Like, I yeah. just kind of tune out and just kind of watch the players. But that's not to say when there is a good announcer, I'm way more tuned in. Yeah. So, subconsciously, I'm sure it probably affected me. But, like, subconsciously, I wouldn't be like, yo, I'm watching this on Telemundo. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, no, I totally get it. Like, you don't necessarily... And, and and we talked about this in the Fox specific podcast we had of like might be different if you were if the USA were in it and you had to oh, yeah. it back. That's true. Right? Like it it adds a totally different perspective yeah. on the game. Yeah, I think that I think the saving grace that Fox had was bec- was that the World Cup was just amazing. The games almost spoke for themselves in yeah, a way. Yeah, that's true. Because of how each game was Can so. You imagine if the games were boring. Yeah. Like then you would have really. <laughs> yeah. Then I would have <laughs> really <laughs> noticed it. Yeah, absolutely. Because they would have just been like filling space with the words. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Thank God that this World Cup was good because I think that exactly my point, man. I think that if there was a boring World Cup and each game was not very fun. I think Fox would have just it just would have gone downhill. I have a question real for fast. you, Louis, because you are adamant uh, against Fox, but you also understand <laughs> Spanish completely. Why not just switch to Telemundo? I didn't know if I had Telemundo, <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> and I knew that I had Fox. Fox. Okay, cool. um, and so for me, it was almost just like I also wanted to experience it yeah, yeah, yeah. because I knew this is something yeah, we would yeah. discuss at some yeah. point. So yeah, I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm gonna force okay. myself through all of these Fox yeah. broadcasts, despite the fact that probably every 15 minutes, if I was watching a game and Stuart Holden was commentating, I said, "Shut the fuck up, yeah. Stuart Holden." Yeah. At least like every 15 minutes, I kind of put myself through it because I wanted to give him an like a fair shake of being like, yeah. "Did they do a good job?" Truthfully, I think that their in studio analysis was weird. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean that you don't even have to listen to it. it you don't even have to listen to an announcement. Like, say, if they are in studio and not at the stadium, mute it. Yeah. You're better off doing that. And so I think my verdict was they didn't ruin the World Cup only because the World Cup was so phenomenal yeah. by itself. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a lot that they need to figure out because I think they also have the rights to the next World Cup, which is mm-hmm. very ridiculous. Well, hopefully the U.S. will be in it and there'll be a little bit more of an effort right yeah that's the other part right if the u.s makes it there's a bigger they will have a more concerted effort into uh really trying to back it and doing things a little bit differently um but yeah overall it was like that kind of thing where it's like commentating and 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 like coverage kind of adds a little bit of spice to the game and i'm just so glad that the world cup wasn't boring because then it really would have bombed yeah big time absolutely but before we get to our final news item or our final uh talking point we just want to announce that uh, all of the people who bought TVs in Belgium from that chain that we talked about a couple episodes ago got free televisions. Damn. Yeah, I wish that was cool. Belgium. What so was the name of the place again? It was something so cool. Kreffel. Kreffel. Yeah. So Kreffel. Kreffel got bought. Kreffel did get a little fucked, but they did. Uh, it, I they did give away those free TVs. That's so cool. congrats if you're Belgian and you bought those TVs, and if you're Dries Merton's friends who he didn't want to buy TVs for, but you got free TVs anyway. Congrats! Yeah, no, that's awesome. And tying in with that, Belgium, Croatia, we see these these few nations that did not win World Cups but came home to open bus stop parades, right? And that what does that kind of tell us is um, here in America. Open bus stops parades are for winners, right? Champions, that's where you see people <laughs> for fucking winners. And no, yeah. oh, no, you're right. And Only but for so, so it's so awesome to see these countries who still didn't win anything, but who their players brought them so far and brought them so much joy in a competition come back to that type of reception. Right. I thought that that was awesome. Like it, it did contradict with my mentality a little bit too, because I'm like, yeah, I mean, it is a little weird. Like you didn't w- really win anything, but when you take a step back and think about this this only happens every four years. You have to kind of take it for what it is. If your team has never really been that far, and um, in the case of Belgium and Croatia, Croatia being in a World Cup final, that's amazing. Uh, no one thought that they would be there. To give you right. an idea, Croatia was founded as a country in 1992. Yeah, they were part of a bigger country before, but Croatia got you know they started independently being a country right. in 1992, and they made it to a World Cup final. And yeah. when they got home, 500,000 people, which is 15% of their population. They only have a yeah. 4 million yeah. population in Croatia. Yeah. 15% of all of the people living in this country went to Zagreb yeah. to to meet and greet these World Cup finalists. Yeah. And and they like party through the night and it was crazy, man. It was absurd. Yeah. And so it's it's really interesting to contrast that with 
uh, what happened to the Brazil team. The Brazil team lands in Brazil, and a group of delinquent assholes show up and throw rocks at the bus. Yeah. Because yeah, totally different culture. And, and it's <laughs> Get the fuck out, you losers! <laughs> it's a completely different culture. And while I despise the fact that people did that, because I think Brazilians should welcome back their World Cup uh, players with open arms happily, it's the Brazilian supporter culture in that country. And it just, right. like, it's disgusting. But it shows the contrasting uh, cultural differences. And for more to touch a little bit more on Croatia, I think that... It was phenomenal. They played their absolute hearts out. Yeah, man. I mean, even in that final, like when they got scored on, you could see they would—they were just three men closing down on a ball. Like they did—they didn't give up for anything. No, like, that they first were, Mo- they dude, Modric. Oh my god, dude, dude so that guy good, is a workhorse. Yeah. Yeah. If you—I wish someone could give Luka Modric another two trophies yeah. to I mean, be like dude, you're the best player so of the tournament three times he played over. Center, defensive, mid, mid, and attacking mid, like all in in one line, yep. right? Like this guy is just crazy. But yeah, I mean, dude, you could see that it meant to. You could. That's when we talk about like what does the sport mean to players when you want to see players put it out on the line. You could see it. That's the perfect example. I would show that whole team. I would show that to any team that if I ever coach in soccer, I would show them that game and show them like this is what it means. You go down a goal. It's an unfair call. Whoever they don't give a shit. They're going. They're chasing the ball three men down every single time. Right. And that first half, you you I felt that Croatia was going to score just because they were. And I thought that they if they could get up one, they would have won the game. Yeah. Yeah. But you know it's hard. They literally played three 120 right. minute games yeah. prior to this. Exactly. Yeah. You run out of legs. Right. You will. Like yeah. you're playing. You're Plus playing. it's a team where like that. That I mean the French team they're playing. Yeah, they weren't playing amazing, but they have guys where you don't need to play amazing. They're clinical. <laughs> yeah. They if they like, have an off game, they're clinical. Not yeah. to bring the whole stats into the thing, but like Giroud like didn't get a yeah. goal. Yeah. yeah he Giroud didn't, didn't attempt a yeah. shot at goal yeah. during yeah. the whole tournament. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. But you know what it is? People have been saying that and that he's was playing nine, right? Don't don't yeah. go to score. Yeah. But you yeah. know what it is? For people who don't necessarily understand soccer, he did his role. I, I well. guess so. Yeah. yeah. You know what it was? Yeah, he he, he would he wasn't going to be their leading scorer. No. And the thing is, people I saw. And I mean, they did win the World Cup, so <laughs> right? <laughs> so who cares? Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of Americans be like, "Wow, I can't believe this guy's a striker for France." Like, you got to understand something. Every player on that France squad played their role to a perfection. Yeah. Without. Uh, N'Golo Kante, Pogba wouldn't be the player right. that he was during the tournament. Without Pogba, N'Golo Kante wouldn't be the player that right. he was in the tournament. Without Giroud, none of those French players would have scored. Because yeah. you know what was happening? The ball was coming up to Giroud. He was holding it up, right. waiting for players to show up, right. and playing it off. So it's another just one of those funny things where people kind of get lost in these like Statistics. Uh, statistical topics yeah. when it's like, he didn't. It wasn't like Giroud took thirty shots on goal and yeah. missed thirty. Yeah. He didn't take any at yeah. all because he knew his that role in right. the team. That wasn't the game he was playing. Absolutely. I am, okay. Yeah, I'm, um, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> no, but that's still an inch, like you still like your striker. You'd expect him to get yeah. a shot on goal. That's yeah. not like that's not like a, a a shame on you for saying that's that. Like that's that's an amazing stat because your striker is not playing the role of the quote unquote striker. Yeah. Your striker is not taking a shot on net. That's unheard of. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Um, so yeah, no, I mean it's so many, so many storylines from this World Cup, but uh, I think overall it was just amazing to see all of the joy that it brought, different cultures, different uh, people, even teams that were out in the group stages, right? The the the, the Panamas that got a goal and their fans that that was it, that's all they yep. needed, right? So it was a, it was a great World Cup. I think looking back, it's going to be one that it will be hard to top. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I hope that bashing Qatar makes it a really world good World Cup. That's that's a good trend. So, so here's what we're gonna do for the next for every episode <laughs> for the next four years, yeah, we're gonna make good. fun of Qatar in the yeah. hopes that it'll be a phenomenal yeah, World Cup. Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Culture FC. First off, fuck you, Qatar. <laughs> You're not excited for your World Cup. <laughs> Uh, but who knows maybe maybe we'll be there in four years maybe do some coverage in Qatar hopefully we can get that far (laughs) if you guys listen if you could share this podcast get more people involved get us to Qatar yes that's the hashtag get us to Qatar Qatar. (laughs) yes I like that road to Qatar we're we're already going (laughs) we're going get us to Qatar that's the new one absolutely but yeah no overall love this World Cup do you guys have any final thoughts on like any other comments you want to make about things that happen in the World Cup um Loved seeing Eden Hazard as a DJ in Belgium. That was <laughs> that a ten was out of ten moment for me. That just like seeing these guys. Love seeing Luka Modric pick up the kid the with Down, Down syndrome, syndrome and bring him right onto stage. Ten out of ten moments. Ten out of ten. Love yeah. it. Great guy. Um, recently, let's see. Loved seeing Neymar make fun of his own. Um, Did he fouls? Yeah. Yeah. He, he has his. Um, 
Instituto Neymar, which is like his 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 institute in Brazil. That oops, sorry, um, his institute in Brazil that he um, helps kids. Yeah, it's a nonprofit uh, soccer he, organization. Um, shot a he shot a selfie with some kids at, at there and was like, all right, let's do the Neymar challenge, and they all rolled over and, and so that was cool seeing him. Yeah, humbling himself, and, and he, he knows what what it meant. So. And it was cool because he also um. Someone interviewed him and was like, oh, like, how are you taking all of this, like, criticism about your diving? And his response was what I've been saying from the get-go. Like, he looked at it and was like, I'm a dribbler. I yeah. am the kind of guy who I'm trying to take my defender out of the game with my dribbles. I'm usually faster than the people defending me. A lot of times they are going to hit me and I will go down. It hurts. I'm not doing this because I enjoy it. I'm not doing it because I like getting kicked at. I'm doing it because it hurts. I have to go through four to five hours after every single game of ice baths and icing all of my like like my whole body because of it. And he was in good spirit. So I'm just happy that it, he didn't allow it to like affect him, affect too, him too much. Because like that's whatever. Like that's what some people who really understand it know that he wasn't. Like you can say he's a diver, say whatever he is, but that's how he is. That's his game, yeah. and I just loved how he just responded with that. Yeah, and it was really cool. We actually had I'm gonna shout someone out. Um, Ian Santos Meeker on Facebook sent us a message, this whole long post uh, explaining kind of why Neymar dives and um, not he wasn't necessarily just backing divers, but he was giving an explanation for both both sides. Um, so thank you, Ian, for sending us that. But he made the same points as like as a player, if you're always getting attacked for for being a kind of like flair type of having a flair style you have to find a way to protect yourself and if if falling over is trying to sell a foul is gonna potentially lessen the blows following blows then you're gonna do that i mean you don't you don't at the end of the day we're humans we don't want to get hit and beat up so um shout out ian that was a really cool um insight that he gave us um and if and we always like hearing stuff so if you guys have any thoughts shoot us a message right i think that's uh probably enough for this episode yeah I think um, we covered a lot of the highlights uh, of the World Cup, and I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say. To be nah, honest. it's tough to say goodbye. Yeah, I know nah, it's been it's been sad, but it it's been good. I think um, it's cut a lot of the summer bullshit that I'm normally stuck in of like transfer market stuff, which like is perfect. And now just the seasons are getting geared up to start again. And yeah, we're uh, about three weeks out from the start of the Premier League season, so. Yeah. Yeah, our teams are currently in the United States. Yeah. Or they're on their way. The MLS is back Man, again. The youth team is back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. A lot of the guys are not. The MLS better. is going to their all-star break in, in about two weeks. But after that, they'll be back full force till the end of the season. Yeah. So that'll be good, good yeah. to keep an eye on as well. And Absolutely. Yeah, no, let's, let's roll to the next season. I'm excited. Absolutely. So there you have it, guys. Another awesome episode in the books. Let us know what you think. Uh, do you think that we made some good points? Do you agree with any of the things we said? Let us know in the comments below. Send us a DM. Send us a Facebook message. We really always like to hear from the people who are listening to the show because it shows, A, that people are listening to the show, and B, we genuinely like to have discussion. Like we said, subscribe to our podcast. Check out our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram. Really appreciate it. And lastly, hashtag get us to Qatar. Let's build this up. Let's get the three of us to the Qatar World Cup in four years, four and a half years, I shall say. Let's get us there. We want to be there. We want to be on the ground for you listeners. Yes. Interviewing Neymar directly. Yeah, that's where it would be. Oh, God. If that's my life in four years, <laughs> I could probably <laughs> die happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't die before. No, no, don't die before. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, hashtag get us to Qatar. You guys have a great week. We will catch you next week.